It is your host, Ruben Prime. Today's date is the 13th of June, and the year is 2022. Back at it again with another podcast. It's uh, uh, midday on a Monday. And yeah, once again, uh, this is episode 103. And of course, I'm always appreciative. Everyone that's listened to this podcast when it's uh, available on all major digital platforms, and also the previous episodes. Greatly appreciative of uh, everyone out there that's listened. And I have a doozy of a show. I don't know if this might get me canceled, but if it does end up happening, what was a nice ride? 103 episodes. 103 is not a bad number to to uh, scoff at. That's that's a pretty good number. It's an odd number, you know. I love me some even numbers, but 103 ain't bad. And if you times three two times, you Get an even number, so it's okay. Uh, that is the extent of my math today. But here's some of the topics we'll be talking about on this episode. Uh, I kind of want to talk about the left and right paradigm. Just quick thoughts about that just how I feel, especially how they've flip-flopped and, you know, especially in the past few years and how, of course, people, the, the average Joe, the, the the normie, keeps getting duped. We're going to talk about that. Also, we are going to talk about, and I apologize, Telegram went off. Gotta mute your phone. We're professional here. Well, ain't that professional because I didn't mute my phone. Uh, we're gonna talk about Google and the engineer that claims that Google's AI is sentient. And of course, Google didn't like that. They suspended him. I mean, hopefully with pay. Um. I'm going to talk about that, just my thoughts on that, which I have talked about AI and the dangers of AI in a previous episode. Uh, I forgot which number it is, but it's titled, Do You Trust This Computer? And I've talked about 
the dangers of AI and, you know, artificial intelligence as a whole. And, you know, I have talked about, you know, uh, Elon Musk, just how dangerous, like I, me- I mentioned in the episode that he, he talked about how it's dangerous, even though it's the same man that wants to put a, a computer chip in your brain through uh, Neuralink, via Neuralink. So, yeah, we're, it's, there's a duality there. You have a man that talks about the dangers of AI all the while trying to uh, fuse us with machines. And actually, I can, I can kind of talk about the transhumanism agenda. We can do that. Let me pull it out right now. Um, you know, in great lengths. Just got to find a, a one that one article I got to find. But yeah, we we can we can talk about that. We can define it. And then we can talk about some of the the benefits and, of course, the drawbacks. And also bring in the fact that the whole market the beast thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we'll talk about that. And also want to talk about some, some, some gaming news. Uh, Duke Nukem, the creators of Krova Kai, are in works to make a Duke Nukem movie. So we'll be talking about that as well. And lastly, just my thoughts on January 6th. Now that, you know, since it's midterm elections, people are, well, let's just say politicians, which a lot of these politicians on the left, on the right, which also coincides with what I'm going to talk about first, my thoughts on left left and right, the whole left-right paradigm. I'm just so sick and tired of hearing about January 6th. Um, it, it, it's... I'm just so sick and tired of of hearing about January 6th and how it was such a terrible day. It's worse than 9-11 and, and Pearl Harbor all the while in the summer of 2020. You had what the Democrats claimed the Republicans uh, did during the summer of love. The, the same thing that Democrats were accusing Republicans of doing, the conservatives, the, the alt-right, people doing they had people rioting and looting all over america is that not insurrection is that not uh suborn rust or is it just a actually i don't give a fuck i'm gonna say it anyway is government sanctioned rioting looting and still to this day, whoever uh, was a part of that, whoever was okay with, with with it happening, and 
whoever wanted to join, you're a piece of garbage, straight up. Because one thing I will say before I get into the main the main topics, George Soros. That's why you got to look up George Soros. Uh, the fact that they had pallets of uh, bricks in the cities during during the summer of 2020. And it's a quid. I don't believe in quintessences because that same company, uh, one of the corporations that, um, you know, the construction company with all the bricks George Soros owns. So there, there is a correlation to that. And for those who are saying and, and cl- uh, clutching their pearls about January 6th, yeah, well, fine, just fine with all the bullshit that happened in the summer of 2020. Yeah, we're all fine with that. That's fine. Cities being burnt down, businesses being looted, a lot of them being uh, black-owned. For all this talk about, you know, black lives mattering, what about those of business peoples, their livelihoods, their their incomes? Their, their basically their, their revenue stream. But we're not going to talk about that because that makes too much sense. Well, not yet. So let me calm down, calm down, Ruben, calm down. It's only 10 minutes into the show. <laughs> it's only 10 minutes of the show. But yeah, I just got really passionate about these things because I was around when that happened. Like, we did our riots in, in Manhattan. And it was like a war zone. And ironically enough, uh, my one of my bosses asked me, she asked me, hey, uh, you sure you want to go home? I'm like, well, yeah, because I don't know if people are just going to rush up in here. You know, our uh, our security, they're not exactly nimble. You know, the job I was working at the time, they're not exactly nimble. So I'm not taking any chances. I'd rather get away from all this and just deal with the aftermath tomorrow. Well, the next day. And I saw a video, like there were coworkers of mine there that, that had a video and literally people was walking down uh this the street, um people walking down uh Broadway. And they're walking, I think up or down, but they're walking on Broadway. Just Destroying, of course, people assume, oh, it's just protests. No. You can, there's a difference between a protest and a fucking riot. And that was a riot. I don't care uh, what side of the fence you lean on. I don't care if you're a, a apologist, if you're a Democrat, if you're a liberal, if you're fascist, Marxist, whatever the fuck. I don't care if you're a Republican, conservative, or, you know, a, a Republican that that's uh, that's actually a Democrat in disguise or a, or a, or vice versa. Just 
you, you saw what happened. It was all over the media, all over social media. And for those who think that, yeah, that I was a mostly peaceful protest. When I saw that on CNN, I was like, okay, they're, they're in coots with it. They're in, they're in on it. They're fucking in on it. But again, you know, that just like with the left-right paradigm, there's a, a, a cognitive dissonance when it comes to, to this. We think by doing this is actually going to bring about change when it's just going to bring about more division, more more strife, more heartache, more hate, and two wrongs will make a right. I'm just saying. But with that being said, thank you for uh, tuning into this podcast. I greatly appreciate it. If you feel so inclined, please consider following this podcast on Twitter. That is Room Prime Media for all updates when podcasts get uploaded as well as my personal Twitter, Mr. Ruben Prime. Uh, the cesspool of social media, but hey, like it's, as my friends always say, we got to turn a negative to a positive. Use what we have. Use the the resources that we have available to us. Make do what we have. So for, you know, just Twitter for all the bad that it's done, there's good. It's an easier way for people to connect and interact for better or worse. Uh, like I mentioned, my podcast, the Room Prime podcast, is available on all major digital platforms. That is, I said, I was about to say iTunes to stop myself. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. I think I'm on Anchor. I don't know. I'm not sure. But also Red Circle, the home of the Room Prime podcast. Greatly appreciative of that. Also, shout-outs, Drew Yari. Shout-outs, the Fillmore Boys podcast. Shout-outs to the Lair of the Four Kings. And shout outs to the syndicate, uh, Mr. Snowden. I had to give those people a shout out. I, I'm doing better with the shout outs. I got to just go straight through them because if I talk about one specifically or go through all of them, we'll be here for another 10, 20 minutes. So even though there's people who like the longer, longer podcasts, but I mean, with the limited time I have, gotta gotta make do. Gotta gotta use the time wisely, cause time waits for no one. And before you know it, you know, for y'all listening, maybe I'll be thirty, or maybe I y'all turn thirty five, and you turn forty. Time waits for no one. It's it's uh, it doesn't wait. Like you miss. That train, forget about it. So we got to take advantage of the time that we have. And if I can get everything I want to say out within an hour and change, so be it. So be it. But I plan on doing more more stuff. I really want to get into YouTube. 
Um, I really want to get into YouTube and to other uh, uh, video sharing sites like, you know, Rumble and Odyssey. I really want to get that going. And uh, clips as well. And I want to do live shows. I want to, I want to get back into live streaming. Um, I have done it on Twitch, but I think YouTube is the next logical step since YouTube, everyone has YouTube. Everyone, you know, there are more, more people for the right stuff go on Twitch, but YouTube is where everyone goes to for their favorite content creators or just to listen to music. And if you have YouTube Red, like I do, and here talking about Google, I give Google that membership for YouTube Red, then I give them money for YouTube TV. So I'm giving YouTube my money, a lot of money every month. And I hate it, but it is what it is. It's just, just take the money, just, you know, I don't even watch TV that much, but I use it to watch wrestling. And also for my family, I guess for them, because, you know, we're trying to, cut the cord so yeah but and enough of that we are going to talk about left right paradigm so the left right paradigm i started to become aware of it right around like during bushes the end of Bush's first term, like I started to like kind of realize, you know, to pay attention to, you know, politics. And I was like, okay, so Bush and John Kerry were running. They were, you know, they're, um, Bush was trying to get reelected. John Kerry was trying to Get elected for the first time, but it's very interesting that they're both cousins, and then they're in the same fraternity, Skull and Bones and Yale, Yale Skull and Bones. Uh, it's to me, and let me pull up. So, yeah, Skull and Bone Society. This is Secret Society. Skull and Bones, also known as the Order, Order 322, or the Brotherhood of Duff, is an undergraduate senior secret student society at Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut. It's founded in 1832. And see the Skull and Crossbones, Order 322. And those numbers have significance. But that's when I started to become aware of, okay, so they're cousins, they're running against each other, they're in the same secret society. And then that started opening doors. Okay, hmm. This is like pro wrestling. Like you have people, you know, a lot of you guys know I'm, I'm a wrestling fan. So 
I'm privy now to a lot of the insider stuff. I, I wish kayfabe wasn't that. I wish that for most of the stuff I didn't know because it kind of takes the surprise and, and, and fun factor out of things. But regardless, we 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 figured this out, at least I did. A lot of the people did. But for me personally, I figured out, okay, so it's kind of like wrestling. It's kind of like pro wrestling. Like you have two people going against each other, feuding and a storyline. You know, they're bitter rivals, enemies, but then behind the scenes, like, they they chill with each other. They they go out. They you know they drive across you know cross country with each other, and they go out for drinks. They 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 go out for dinner, go out for drinks, and we never know. And that's the same thing with 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 left and right paradigm. It's just one bird, two wings. It's part of the same bird. And we think that all oh, the the left is the the left is is different from the right, and yeah, certain things like, and this is where the cognitive dissonance come in. You have the the left that that's pro abortion, you have the right that's against abortion, but the left, I mean, used to, they used to be against war, while the right is pro-war. It's funny because now we see a lot of liberals, uh, mainline Democrats, supporting the war in Ukraine and sending out uh, weapons, uh, sending out the aid via money, supplies, military supplies. So they they can have a Second Amendment. Oh, we we need we need these weapons to fight off against you know Putin, but. Over here, they're actively trying to get rid of the Second Amendment here in the United States. They're actively trying to uh, dismantle the Second Amendment. So you see that now, the, the flip-flopping. So you have the left that, that used to be uh, anti-war. Now they're pro-war because this is the, the new MPC download. Because first it was with, with the virus of unspecified origin. Uh, then you have mass. Then you have the experimental job. Then now you have Ukraine, which that's slowly that's slowly being put under the rug now because not enough time has passed and people are now. People are, are moving on to the next thing. People moving on to the next thing now. What you can say is Johnny Depp and, and Amber Heard, but now it's with the monkey pox thing. So, and then now with January 6th. So they constantly are telling you, programming you what to think, what to feel. And they're doing a damn good job of damn good job of it because they constantly putting things in front of us to, you know, for us to, to get, you know, just, just to us to get riled up enough. And then they, they make us passive then they rile us up again. It, it's very, uh, it's very 
ingenious, but it's also once you figure it out, oh, okay, I know what you're doing. Uh, but yeah, the the right before they were pro war, like there's still some like people on the far right that are for war, and you have a lot of Republicans that are, you know, really Democrats, and you know, in disguise, you know, Republican Democrats that are about they're they're supporting Ukraine. And also, they're supporting a bipartisan effort to to uh, restrict the Second Amendment. All the while, these same people, all the while, these same people are sending, I think, forty billion to Ukraine. Like, yeah, continue printing money and give it to to uh, another country while. We're dealing with high gas prices. We're dealing with crazy inflation. So yeah, you you know that raise you got. That is worth ten or so percent less because of inflation. So keep asking for higher minimum wage. Keep asking for that because with inflation, it ain't gonna mean jack. But people are still fooled, just like people are fooled and believe that. Uh, left and right are different and that voting counts it doesn't because it's not the one it's the one that counts the votes and i'm not talking about the 2020 election i'm talking about in general because you see this in other countries with puppet dictators puppet uh politicians and all they got to do is one person in the ballot. Oh, the election's coming up. Who are we going to vote for? This person. Kind of like here. Except that there's a lot of there's a lot of corruption, a lot of bribery, a lot of lobbyists. And you have a lot of corporate entities intermingling with, with government. And you see more lobbyists, like we started seeing more lobbyists during Obama's administration than any other administration ever. You saw a lot of that. So, yeah. But going back to the left-right paradigm, like like I mentioned, the left used to be anti-war. Now they're pro-war because of the MPC download. Then you have the right that's for war, but now they're against it. You've seen, uh, you've seen a lot of people that used to be on the left be like, oh, I was told that the Second Amendment is bad and that we should ban guns and this, that, and the other. And then when they saw what happened in, in uh, you know, all over the country with these riots in 2020, they were, okay, I, my opinion on the Second Amendment has changed. I, I turned around. So that is why that is why I've I've seen a lot of that. And then like the past, I don't know, like as I was 15, 16 about, like I changed my my view on on you know the Second Amendment and all that. Like I was all like I, again, that's when 
close to um close like a little bit as 18 19 about that's when i started to change my view on on the uh on the second amendment like fully and i see a lot of people now like they had their awakening and they're like oh crap like you saw gun cells go through the roof after you know the summer of love because that could happen and you have a lot of people that said oh well that will never happen that will never happen to me and that's it and look it happened maybe it happened to them maybe it didn't but it came too close to home and because of that people are now they're they're prepared they're so prepared and sorry about that folks so we've seen so we've seen gun prices excuse me gun sales go through the roof because of what happened in 2020 and i know there are people who are against the second amendment and there are some people who think that well it's only for hunting no it's not for it's not only for hunting it's not for recreational use it's to have a standing army and again there'll be some people who say well your your ar-15 or your m your m4 m5 ain't gonna do nothing against the tank and true but again it's better to have something than have nothing at all and to me every time i hear the, the argument that yeah it's um And I have people tell me, well, yeah, well, uh, what's what's your your AR? What's that gonna do against the tank? And true, but again, it's good to have something and have nothing at all, because you you need a deterrent against an opposing army. There's a reason why in in china they're they're protesting i saw one of the signs our protester had and it had we need we we need a second amendment all the while here in the states we've been conditioned and brainwashed to uh to take our our rights and our freedoms for granted because of feelings, oh, this tragedy happened and made us feel terrible. And because of that, we need to do something rather than deal with the root causes. Because last time I checked, an inanimate object, an inanimate object isn't sentient and then just decides to go and shoot people. A person had to have that in their mind, get the weapon, and then commit the crime, commit the act. But again, it's so easy to aim low. It's easy to aim at one of the symptoms rather than deal with the root cause. And 
there's a reason why there's a concerted effort to dismantle the Second Amendment. Is it, there's a reason why a good part of the country has guns. And it's not for hunting, I'm sorry. And if people want, if law-abiding citizens want to have weapons, I didn't do it. Let's see that. I'm talking, I did say I could get canceled. <laughs> I did say I can get canceled. Oh, no, that, that's, that's, that is an ambulance. Oh, man, I got so much editing to do. I try to just put these out straight without any editing, but this is a lot of noise today. It's a very, a very active Monday morning. But like I was saying, um, if law-abiding citizens that know how to use them, that know. that have gun safety, that know how to use these guns. I'm just like, if they're not going to go around shooting people, fine. Like, that's their their business to to own those those weapons. Who who am I to tell people what what they can have or not have? We don't tell the criminals. We, We don't do anything about criminals. We absolutely do not. And also here in New York the other day, Unprovoked, someone slashed a man uh, with a knife on New York City subway here in Queens. But yet, I got to hear all this talk about how guns are bad. Oh, we got to deal with assault, assault rifles. We got to deal with, with them. You know, we got to deal, we got to deal with it. It's, they're bad. They're dangerous. Enough is enough. How many children we got to die? I'm sorry. Like, I I talked about the, the tragedy up in Texas. Terrible. I still think about that. And no, that doesn't make me better because, oh, I'm thinking about it every day. No. As a human being, you think about these things. But we cannot put our feelings ahead, put safety. Oh, we got to feel safe until we don't feel safe until these things are gone. We can't put our feelings ahead of our rights because there's always a risk to freedom. And I was talking about this with a friend of mine, and I mentioned that with freedom comes risk. You can be outside just enjoying your day and something can happen and you get into a car accident. You can get into altercation. But at the end of the day, it is it's just a risk. You can go out, slip and fall, break something. It's a risk. I'd rather have the freedom to 
to just live and then deal with the risk, deal with the consequences rather than just sanitizing everything, banning everything. We ban guns, then we got to ban hammers. We got to ban, we ban hammers, we got to ban knives. We ban knives, we got to ban scissors. We ban scissors, we got to ban pens and pencils. Because you can, you know, you've seen John Wick, you can kill someone with a fucking pencil. Ryan D.I., if we ban uh, pens and pencils, we got to ban... Uh, shish kebab skewers if we ban like we just gotta ban every sharp blunt object there is because if people want to go to a certain extreme then we can be like yeah all right so i'll do you one better let's ban all the sharp objects all the blunt objects all like everything that can kill people anything that can kill uh children anything that can kill anything we just ban it then what we can you know we can do harm with our bare hands so we gotta chop off our hands or we gotta have like uh i don't know wrap our hands up in something what about giving someone a, a nice headbutt right on the temple you know, head concussions are a thing. You see where I'm getting with this? You see why it sounds so ludicrous? Why it sounds so ridiculous? We try to ban one thing, we got to ban everything. Because people want to feel safe, right? So we got to make sure we ban everything because it's not just guns. If we're going to ban guns, we got to ban everything else. But the point is, with freedom comes risk. And I'm not for getting rid of the second amendment just for people to feel safe when in reality there's so many things like that people can use to to kill you you can never ban everything and and, and have 100% total safety this is impossible it's really impossible to to do that i'm afraid and I know this turned to a Second Amendment thing, but it just had to be said. Um, but regarding going back to, you know, left-right paradigm, you just had a lot of people just just switch. Like, they just got, they broke out of that. When they saw what happened in 2020, they broke out of that left-right paradigm. They realized that, hey, Democrats are, are lunatics. The Republicans are are cowards. And it's up to us. We cannot rely on politicians because, yeah, maybe there's one that has a voice. But it's the system. No matter what, the system always wins. And it's not a a black pill. I mean, it kind of is, but it's just facts. You know, your your vote doesn't really matter at the end of the day because people that want to Trump out of office so bad, and I know a lot of them, they were celebrating. I remember I was just looking at them. I, I just had that, um, you know, the Willy Wonka meme, just, just looking at them like, ah. I was like, oh, man, it's, you're going to be celebrating for, you know, Rest of the day, maybe a week. They have parties. They got rid of the orange man. Right? 
Yeah, I got rid of him. Congratulations. But then I was like, yep, for the rest of these four years, it's going to be horrible. And I'm not happy about that because, of course, I'm dealing with it. You're dealing with it. We're all. And for those who, 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 who try to say, oh, no, it's things are fine. The economy is great. I know someone that said that. I think it was on social media. Oh, the economy is great. And I'm like, oh, buddy, you do not know the meaning of the word great. Um, if you believe that, you're just, you're more overdrawn than I thought. But you had people out here celebrating. They got their orange man out of office. And then now we're dealing with 10%, I think it's 11, 12% inflation. We're dealing with uh, rising rent. We're dealing with uh, gas prices through the roof. We're dealing with grocery, uh, food, uh, commodities through the roof, labor shortages. Because, you know, with with COVID, it's gotten people, it decentralized people to go to work. And they're like, yeah, like I just collect money from the government. All the while, is another duality. While people are saying, you know, fuck the police, we need to defund the police, fuck the government, this and that. They're sure depending on them. When sun goes wrong, they're the first ones to call the cops. When... They don't want to work. They rather go and get money from the government. For man, for so much for saying fuck the government, because it seems like you're being pimped out. Because listen, all this money that people been getting, I said it in 2020. We're all gonna pay for this somewhere or another. Now look, we're dealing with inflation. We're dealing with uh wages being down we're, we're dealing with all like everything is going up in price we're dealing with with food we're dealing with gas we're dealing with uh rent prices you can't get baby formula all the while you still have people saying oh yeah this is great the economy is great and probably they're they're making more, more than the average person where they don't they don't see it. And anything, anything to you know to take Putin out, right? <laughs> anything to hurt Putin when it's hurting us. Uh, but it just this is so crazy. The just the cognitive dissonance that I see. And just the, the tomfoolery when, you know, dealing with the left and right. There are a lot of people who, who back um, Democrat or they back Republican, not knowing that they only care about your votes. You see, you have one, one instance, and I'll get on to the next topic. You see one instance where... They talk about, 
like, oh, this person is bad. Like, like vote for me because I'm not like the other guy. And it's every year we we get we put one person in. There's always oh, we have a Democrat in. Democrats were perceived as the, the good guys, and when they leave or when they get voted out, Republican gets in. Everything's terrible. And then we're like, oh, man, we got it. It's just like with Bush. And listen, Clinton, Clinton wasn't all that, he wasn't all that great of a president either. He wasn't all that, he wasn't all that great. You know, and Bush, like I was growing up when he got into office. So I know, like, even back then, I knew, okay, signing right. And then when I got aware of, you know, 9-11, got aware, became aware, I should say, of just everything. You just see, okay, what's going on here? And now it's like the same playbook, but they're always changing the script, but it's always the same playbook. They read from the same book. But they flip around, change certain things, they'll flip the script, but it's the same book. Just like when you try to interact with the opposite sex. Guys have the playbook, women have the same playbook. It's just the same shit all the time. All the fucking time. Nothing nothing has changed. And it's the same thing when dealing with know, left and right politics. We we're like, oh, maybe this this time we'll get this person out. Maybe, maybe we'll maybe we'll get this one right. And it's it's not it's just like trying to get water from empty well. But you're like, oh let's let's try again. Maybe this time there's water down there. And then never you never get any water. Because there is no water. You you can't as they say, you can't uh, get blood from a stone. So, quickly, let's see. We can we can talk about. Oh, we can talk about January six. I want to get that out of the way. We can talk about January six since we're talking about left and right. So, you know what happened in January six? Um, media claimed. There was a a riot, insurrection. Um, There's a riot. And when I, of course, this happened on my birthday. That's why I'm so sick and tired of hearing it because now, first, my birthday was always... It all coincides with it being on a cold day in January. Now it's now it's basically yeah <clears throat> yeah that riot that happened in the Capitol building. That's always what my birthday is going to be like most remembered by. I mean, most people don't know, but just that day in particular, which you know happens to be my birthday, which sucks, and. There's a lot of things that, of course, 
a lot of things are not being told. A lot of things that that um, the media is not honest about, that the Democrats and Republicans are not honest about dealing with January 6th. And just seeing that, you know, just seeing that unfold. And I son told me that day that there was some, there's going to be some sort of agent, uh, just agent provocateur. It was basically someone infiltrating to sabotage, you know, a, a saboteur basically go in and, and, and sabotage because that was the case that with all these uh, protests and all these groups that we have on the left, on the right, even in, in the independent side, like you'll have a lot of these, these groups being infiltrated and being steered to basically just destroy the movement. And, with January 6th, that, that is clear textbook indication that there was something fishy going on from the start to just make the, the movement look bad. And regardless what you guys think of, you know, of the, the MAGA people, at the end of the day, it's called, like I see it, that day, those people there were set up. And the fact that also, yeah, there was some idiots just climbing on top of the, of the Capitol building. Yeah, there were, those people, I always said, I said it um, after that, I have said that, of course, of course, people that actually went in and, and caused chaos, they should be arrested. But there are a lot of people in there that didn't. They were actually let in. They were walking through the, the velvet ropes. So when I always hear, oh, my God, it was the worst thing in history. Uh, always remember January 6th. I'm just looking like, wait a minute. There were people that were just ushered in. They were, they were walking through the velvet ropes. They were let in. And then there were officers that were just, they stood down while the ones that were actually fucking things up, they stood down initially. They seen, they were seeing people fuck things up and they were just sitting there just like with the same off the same. It's just, just like those officers that stood down during the school shooting in Texas, they stood down. And, I'm, and I'm going to say this, and, you know, like I said, I said before, dealing with the police, I always say, if you don't have to interact with the police, don't do it. Don't draw attention to yourself. If you have to talk with the police, make it short and sweet to the point. Don't give them any extra information. Just give them the information that's needed at, at that point in time. Don't make yourself obvious. And for the love of God, shut up. And also as well as, I like the idea of police, but I don't like 
the fact that they don't they don't uh they don't enforce uh the law they instead just sit by idly by while actual crime actual atrocities are going on but they will gladly put the boot on your face or the knee on your neck they will gladly go in swatting which i want to talk about um maybe i'll just talk about all this stuff uh youtuber um the quartering uh was swatted early this week early last week i should say this is a new week yeah swatted last week and this has happened so many times like swatting now uh, another another youtuber uh tim pool he was swatted and this is like i don't know how many times this man has been swatted but this these these officers are so quick to to just go in jack boots knowing that hey wait a minute th- this we're getting the same call to this address again even though we know this is this is false this sounds this sus but you know we're we're, we're just gonna go in jack boots and just just go ham go crazy and and, and potentially just shoot people um because that they're, they're always that that um they're always that worry about people you know innocent people get hurt in the crossfire so while i like the idea of police i, I there's a need for law and order but also dealing you know what we dealt with the last few years like i'm in favor but i'm not in favor of police uh not doing their job they will protect those and and the ones in, in the ivory towers but they won't do about protecting the citizenry that's why I always say that we need to protect ourselves. We need to police ourselves. We need to uh, clean up our neighborhoods. And we need to have the Second Amendment. Because you had officers enforcing mask laws, you know, the mask mandates. And, you know, they're not a law, they're a mandate. Two different things, Ruben. And vaccine uh cards vaccine passports they were arresting people who didn't have a vaccine card at at restaurants at burger king uh i think uh, a friday tgi fridays which i mean we go there we go to fridays i mean their food is okay but like come on man it's a fridays i understand it was like a five-star restaurant <laughs> um but anyways like the police were enforcing that. They were doing everything and everything to make sure that people had a mask on and people had their vaccine cards and they were arresting people. But yet, during all of 2020, during all of 2020, in the summer of love, cops stood down. Cops stood fucking down. And of course, because of the social political climate, 
if they intervene, they're like, oh, see, these cops are racist. Oh my God. It's like, it's just, it's a lose lose. So I get it. But at the same time, people are in danger. Not only property, but people are in danger. There was actual crime being committed right in front of them and they didn't do anything. So that's when, when I hear people talk about January 6th, how, how it was horrible. I'm like, excuse me? You saw, were, were, were you sleeping during the whole summer of 2020? I get 2020 was a shitty year. And, and part why it was designed to be shitty. It wasn't an accident. But you saw what happened in 2020? But, you know, the media said it was a mostly peaceful protest. So, yeah, I was like, okay, okay, they, because the news said it, so I'm just going to go back to sleep. All the while, cities burning across the country. For, for me, Manhattan was just like a war zone. Businesses boarded up. Uh, places were set on fire. Uh, where I worked at, a dumpster, there was a, a dumpster and uh, like a like the ones that they use for construction this this long metal container uh, i believe was on fire but definitely a police cruiser was on fire and it was right next to the hotel uh by my job and i think the glass for the hotel door was shattered too and i'm just like yeah that's why I got the hell up out of Manhattan that night because there's no way I'm, I was going to be in that mess in the city like that. You know? So when I hear people say, oh, man, January 6th was horrible. It was insurrection. So so the summer was peaceful, right? And it's all optics because of which side if if it's the left that's doing stuff oh it's okay it's mostly peaceful but if it's the the if it's the right oh my god oh my god they're pro like not january 6th but when they were uh protesting when you had you know conservatives trump supporters uh protesting and it was like oh these these trump supporters are super spreaders i'm like really so if you're a Trump supporter or a conservative, you are a super spreader. But if you are liberal, Democrat, BLM, then you are not. And they actually said on the news that because of these protests, COVID, uh, the COVID cases were going down. And I'm just like, oh my God, this, this is so cartoon, Looney Tune. It's like an episode of Tom and Jerry. If Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny combined together, like a, a multiversal cartoon of madness hit. And I'm over here like, okay, all right. This is insane. Fucking insane. And of course, you have the January 6th commission and this lies. I'm, I try to find that video for some reason. I cannot find it. This lies. That January 6th, uh, just it, it, uh, is mentioning 
how January 6th almost destroyed our way of life, our rule of law. And it's like, it didn't. Again, I go back to what happened over the summer. Like, did like people in fear? You know, people live in fear because of their businesses uh, could have been destroyed. Not being safe, people not dealing people dealing with with the fear of COVID that was put into them. Now they got to deal with potential rioters going up. And causing trouble, causing violence. Just a way of that. That to me sounds like way of life, rule of law, safety of people was was violated. But the reason why they're doing this, the reason why Democrats are doing this, because it looks good for the Democratic Party. Just looking. From the outside in, I'll be like, oh, that looks good for the for the Democrats because this is something they could use as a political weapon towards, you know, against the the uh Republicans. So I'm not dumb. Not stupid. I know that this is something that the Democrats can use to their advantage for the midterms, because that's all they got. They they got their man Biden in there, and yeah, it ain't looking good for them. Is not looking good for them because they, they, in in turn, fucked up the economy. They in turn with all these, uh, with all these um, uh, mass mandates, vaccine mandates. Like it got people to wake up, especially in these democratic cities. Crime. So you have all all the medical tyranny. That's one. Dealing with crime, especially in democratic cities and states. With what's what's being taught in schools. Right? You have funding, money that, that's not being allocated properly. Right? And then with What's the other one? Then you're dealing with immigration. You're dealing with, again, it goes back to crime because you have a lot of people crossing the border that are not law-abiding. And, of course, especially in the border states, you have a lot of crime. You have uh, fentanyl. That's another thing. You have the, the surge of drugs that are hurting children, but people are not ready to talk about uh not ready to talk about children, you know, like, hey, we need to do something about the fentanyl crisis because it's hurting children. They're so they're quick to to ban the Second Amendment for the children, but they're not ready to deal with the fentanyl surge that's coming through into this country. They're not ready to deal with that because, of course, it's um, it's. It's something there because we've been dealing with fentanyl for a while now. And especially talking about, you know, from, you know, pharmaceutical drugs, things like that. People are overdosing. People are overdosing on, on drugs. That there's a big 
a drug overdose problem. There's a a big there's a big uh, mental health issue. Again, people don't want to talk about that because it's not it's not pretty. You you cannot dress it up. You can dress up uh, tragedies such as the school shooting at in Texas. They could dress that up, but they can't dress up mental health. They can't dress up uh, drug overdose because so many people are medicated. You, you can't. So just like with January 6th, they can paint it. They could paint a pretty picture with it to make the, the Republicans look bad. But they can't do that with mental health. They can't do that with the the drug crisis. They can't do that with all these other things that are going on. So January 6th is all they got. That's all they have. That's their hair Murray for, for the midterms and, and going forward until 2024. They don't got anything else because people woke up because of all the shit that's being taught in, in, in schools, their children. You got the crime. Crime is up, especially where I'm at in New York. There's always something going on on the train, on the New York City subway system. People are getting slashed up. People are getting beat up. There was a video. There was a video of of two people. One one guy was holding holding the Asian man. It was holding him down while. Another black, and, and these two guys are black, by the way. So one guy, one one guy is holding the Asian man, and then the other one is slapping him. And I saw the the, I know what subway station is at. It's um, is it? I think it was Fulton Street. I believe it was Fulton Street, High Street. Might might have been. Definitely wasn't in, in Brooklyn. I gotta go back, but from recollection, because it's on the um A and C line. And then like I mentioned, uh it's slashing on the seven train in Queens, unprovoked person just cut up this this uh this man. I think he was Asian as well. You notice that all the all the attacks that are going on are against Asian people. And you know the hashtag all oh, stop Asian hate. However, the media was saying that's white supremacy that's doing this against uh Asian people when in turn it's black people. And it's like, uh oh. That goes against the narrative. Because now black people are protected. So you notice when there's, you know, crimes. When there are crimes, you know, going on, when they're committed, they never say the race of the of the of the perpetrator. But if, of course, if they're white, man, they'll say white male, white female. They'll say Caucasian male, Caucasian female. But if it's black, they'll say all oh, man, man, woman, or men or women. It's just like. You know what's going on here. Like, let's not play dumb. Let's not pretend we're, we're retarded. 
we're aware of what's going on. We're fucking aware of what's going on. Because it goes against the narrative. They they can't you can't use the hashtag stop Asian hate when it's just black people being up on attacking, slashing, mugging uh Asian people. You can't do that. If there were white people, oh yeah. Because white people are 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 the villains, right? So if it's black people that are doing these attacks, you can't you can't paint a pretty picture with it. You can't dress it up and put it on display. So when actual atrocities happen, as soon as they find out, oh, it's the person's a person's Asian. Uh, excuse me, the, the person that did that the the crime it's is is non-white. Oh, okay, then we just bury it in the newspaper. We won't bring it up anymore. It's like it is elementary. It's fucking elementary. Um but yeah, just with January sixth, I'm tired of hearing about it. Um it's the the left's Hail Mary because they got nothing else because they all the other practices that they've done have actually hurt this country. You see inflation, you see crime up, you see uh the John numbers down, see the you see the economy, you see what's going on abroad, and they're supporting they're supporting sending more money, more funding to Ukraine. Therefore, uh, this this green movement, which is to make things green, is going to cost just as much or more than traditional means. But people are told, hey, you don't care about the environment? You're a piece of garbage if you don't like the environment. We got to go green to help the environment. You know, all these things that they're trying to do to, to be green, it's just hilarious have paper straws but put them in in plastic wrap have uh paper bags that are so flimsy because they they're made of recycled materials but they blam they ban plastic bags and then to make the reusable bags cost just as much as plastic just a few examples and I could probably go in detail in another episode because I do want to talk about this whole green movement because I am for saving the environment like do not get my words twisted I am for the environment however in many aspects we need uh fossil fuels we need gasoline your 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 precious electric vehicles in order to to use you know the charging stations you need gas <laughs> you, you need like there are things that we cannot go without and i feel my opinion is going to be the death now that we try to go green too soon. But yeah, to, to end what I was talking about with left, right paradigm, January 6th, all this stuff, summer of love, 
it's the Democrats' Hail Mary is this this hearing for January 6th. That's all it is at the end of the day. And you're seeing it. They're, they're, it's not, they're not too, they're desperate, but not so desperate. So we'll, we'll see in the next coming weeks with this. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about it because it's just used so divisively. And the people that are heading it up, it reminds me of the 9 11 uh, commission. So, oh, we, we're going to, we're going to have the people that were complicit in what happened in 9 11 to investigate what happened on 9 11. When the families of the victims who died in 9-11, they were like, we want the truth, we want answers. We want to know what really happened on that day. And of course, that didn't happen. It was all whitewashed, just like this. This is all deja vu again with this January 6th hearing. It's all going to be nicely edited, nicely packaged. It's going to be such a, a Broadway theater representation so we already know what's gonna happen so let's see i want to talk about i want to talk about this pull this up i want to talk about this which let me want to talk about this for a second And it's six, it's almost seven minutes long, but I want to talk about this because basically it's from, it's an excerpt from uh, the Matt Walsh documentary, What is a Woman? I still haven't watched it yet, but of course people are, are it, people are seeding about this. And of course, you have people saying, oh, why is a right wing obsessed with this? I don't understand. And this person, oh, imagine you seek this discussion out, get absolutely rolled in the conversation and still get put in and still put in your movie. Like, people don't understand what Matt Walsh was trying to do here is to illustrate just the carousel. When you try to answer, you, tr you try to get a straight answer from someone, you, you answer a straightforward question, and you expect to get a straightforward answer, and all they do is spin around, they're on the carousel, they go up and down, up and down, they're, they're going this loop. They don't give you a straightforward answer because they're not being genuine, they're not being honest, because they're trying to pivot their their viewpoint. They're trying to pivot their point of view and they know, oh wait a minute, like ooh, it, it, it's you're gonna watch, it's gonna be great. I don't like giving people like this any airtime here, but whatever. Um we're gonna play this here and be right back. What we do in, in gender studies is not just reduce gender to what psychologists might call individual differences, but rather thinking about gender. And that's not women 
and man, but gender as a as a social form, something that kind of infuses itself into virtually all aspects of social life. Let's talk about that then. Uh, I guess we should start with we've got gender and sex, right? Yeah. What what's the difference between the two? Is there a difference? I saw that in your questions, and I thought, my goodness, this is what we spend an entire semester kind of thinking through. But what we tend to think about in the social sciences today is that sex refers to a set of biological characteristics, and gender is a social construct or category. What I think is often misleading about that characterization is allowed to be sort of messy and complicated. But in that framing, when you split them up into these wholly discrete constructs, studies scholars, and, and really more specifically people who study gender and sex, we're not talking about sexuality right now. In the kind of academic universe that I travel in is that we see how deeply gendered ideas, um, cultural ideas about masculinity, uh, feminine, maleness, and femaleness, both in humans and in lots of other animals. So are gender and sex two different things, or? Well, I think that they, they both are and they aren't. I'd be, I'm comfortable saying that gender and sex are, are two. Yeah, so I'm always hearing this from a lot of uh, females on social media and those who go on, uh, you know, these Rep Hill shows as well. And you hear them say, oh, well, you know, men and women are the same for certain things but then oh no men and women are are different but they only they only are or aren't when it fits you know to fit their narrative you can never get a straight answer from them just like you're not going to get a straight answer from this professor that matt is talking to two different constructs but they're deeply intertwined with each other we're talking about gender and, and sex and there's a lot of controversies there if we're talking about a trans woman has all of the male physical characteristics so would that not be a male then couldn't, couldn't we plainly say this person is a male well well i guess it's it's like wh why are you asking the question i think i i, I want to understand sort of why that's so important so if someone tells just you to, to sort of understand reality you know well i mean i think when someone tells you who they are you should believe them so if a person says that they're a woman or they're a man then that's them telling you their gender is i'm, I'm not so sure why what social um in interactions would have to do with with maleness or femaleness that would well, be I, i'm not even talking about social context i'm just i'm just trying to start by getting to the truth you know yeah i mean i'm really uncomfortable with that language of like getting to the truth again oh the truth is uncomfortable see that's the thing when dealing with, with these people they talk about oh uh the, the truth the, the the truth is is very uncomfortable. It's dangerous, but their truth is fine, and it's not even Matt's truth or his truth. Matt is asking, okay, what is a woman like? If a man, if a man has all his parts and he he says he's a woman, you know, you understand? Like, is 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 he a man we're just dealing with reality here and the fact is that these people do not deal in with they don't deal with 
in reality. They're not in the realm of reality. They just deal with their truth, their biases. And to me, is is the reason why, you know, I try to be understanding and try to, you know, get get and read types of, you know, different points of views from people. But you can't talk. You cannot get a clear, straight answer from these people because they're not coming from a place of honesty. They're not coming in from a, a place of, you know, you know, just they're not genuine. And the fact that this guy said that the truth, the truth is very dangerous, just says a lot. In social why, why life, is that, why is that uncomfortable? Because that it sounds actually deeply transphobic to me. Um, and, if you, and, and if you keep probing, up, oh, up. Oh. The truth, the truth is, is uh, transphobic. So that that's the thing. Oh, the, the truth is, is transphobic. And he's getting really, really uncomfortable, really upset about it. Of course, because whenever you try to get a straight answer from someone, they don't. And they don't give it to you, and then, then someone asks, "Hey, why? What's the problem? I'm asking a straightforward question. Why are you doing this?" And of course, they go in and say, "Oh, that's transphobic. The truth is transphobic because you're basically catching me in a lie. You're catching me bullshitting. So I'm just gonna call you." transphobic bang we're gonna stop the interview i if i probe about what the truth is you keep invoking the word truth which is condescending and rude i'm saying is, to you how is the word truth condescending and rude why don't you tell me what your truth is and you're walking on 30 seconds more of the nights before i get up what my truth is well i don't think i really have a truth i think that there's just the truth like the reality and so we should begin by trying to figure out what the reality is. Uh-huh. And why are you concerned with when someone else tells you that they're a man, or even if they use the word male, why are you concerned with not believing them? Well, you keep bringing it back to, you know, how do you respond in a social situation? But... That's what I do. I'm a social scientist. Well, right. But we're in a university. This is a place. Oh, man. That, that's social... Hey, hold up, hold up. What I do, I'm a social scientist. A social scientist. Wow. You want, and you wonder why these people cannot stand the average person because they feel that they're so superior. Because oh, I'm a social scientist. These bullshit degrees. They 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 gotta have. They gotta have in their minds that, yeah, like. I'm worth a shit because I got this this bullshit degree. So I I gotta I gotta talk like I know of something. A lot of these people out here, they just detest. They tend to detest people that make more in other fields or just in in trade because they feel so superior. Oh, I went to school for 
liberal studies or gender studies or I'm a social scientist. So the fact that the fact that he said that, and I see this all the time from, from these liberal professors in these universities, they they feel more important than what they are. Well, right, but we're in a university. This is a place of understanding truth, isn't it? Or absolutely, we are, we but pursue truth, truth and so I'm a social scientist, and that's what I. But do. You just said the truth is transphobic. Th that you would say that you're if you're saying the truth is that I get to say you're not a man. Show me your genitalia. That's transphobic. No, no, yeah. I don't want to see anybody's genitalia. I, I, I just mean someone can make a statement about themselves that could be untrue. Like, for example, if I if I were to say that I'm a black man. Could you, would you accept that or would you be skeptical? Are you black? Are you African-American? Are you biracial? I don't think so. <laughs> you don't look that and I don't think that's a, that, it doesn't sound like that's a genuine statement of who you are. Okay, so that's my point. I, I could make a statement about who I am that's incorrect. Of course, I think it's well established that human beings can lie, yes. <laughs> I'm not even lying. I, mean, I could just be mistaken. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess this all comes back. Just this all comes down to really one question. Um, especially women, gender, and sexuality studies. So, so what? What is a woman? Why do you ask that question? I just really like to know. What do you think the answer to that question is? Well, I'm, I'm asking. That's why I came to a college professor who, who's, who this is your, this is what you do. What other kinds of answers have you gotten? A lot of like this where you're where you're not answering and i've gotten a lot of that so i think it's interesting that you that you say that some of the people you've you've um interviewed have been um reluctant to answer it and i think that has a lot to do with the way the questions that preceded it and the the way that you've conducted yourself in the interview how have i conducted myself how do you think you've conducted yourself <laughs> it's funny that he's accusing that this social scientist is accusing uh, Matt Walsh, the, the person that's um, person's asking the questions. He's accusing him of being rude and all the you know, way he's asking questions. Yet, all he's been doing is just you know conducting this interview, asking questions, and all. During the whole court and this clip, the whole course was just him going around in circles, not giving a straight answer, just being around the bush. Always being around the bush. And women, you know, and when men, you know, go on your go down, go down on y'all and and they don't they don't get to the point if you catch my drift and they just beat around the bush, you get annoyed. Because then you ain't gonna get an orgasm, <laughs> just like uh, how 
women say, oh, the men, they don't know where the clit is. It seems like this guy doesn't know where where the clit is because he's he's not getting to the point. He's beating around the bush. You just really don't want to answer the questions, do you? I, I came today very willing and, and enthusiastic about answering questions about women's and gender sexuality studies, which is so you what wanted, I do. You wanted to answer questions about women's studies, and so shouldn't the, the first answer you should be able to provide is what exactly is a woman? Well, it's, it, for me, it's, it's actually a really simple answer, and that's a person who identifies as a woman. But what are they identifying as? Uh, as a woman. But, but what is that? As a woman. <laughs> do you know what a circular definition is? I do. It's sort of like what you're doing right now, where a woman is, is a woman. Because mm -hmm. well, you're seeking what we would call in my field of work an essentialist definition of gender. I think it sounds like you would like me to give you a set of biological or cultural characteristics that are associated with one gender or the other. I'm not seeking any type of definition. I'm just seeking a definition. Yeah, and I gave you one. <laughs> oh, man. He's trying to find a definition. And this dude, hold on, let me go back to doo -doo -doo. Right, right here. Or cultural characteristics that are associated with one gender or the other. I'm not seeking any type of definition. I'm just seeking a definition. Yeah, and I gave you one. <laughs> and I gave you one. Yeah, a woman is a woman. But what is a woman? Oh, a woman identifies as a woman, but what is a woman? Oh, a woman's a woman. You see, you, you're seeing that, right? It's just on, on, and on, and on. Like, it's it's not getting to the clear-cut answer. It's not getting to the straight point. And then you wonder why, like, me personally, I don't talk to people like this because just, like, I'm sorry, like, a lot of normies out there, they just cannot give you a straight answer when it comes to a lot of these topics, a lot of these issues, because they're trying to, to fight with themselves. They're trying to, uh, what's what, how can I say this? They're basically conflicted. And because of that, they know what they're saying is bullshit. They know what they're saying is, is, is intellectually dishonest intellectually wrong so they're trying to stay faced by just saying oh for example a woman's a woman oh a woman is a woman that identifies as a woman but what is a woman the question is what is a woman oh a woman's a woman it's like it's just not you're not getting a straight answer from these people because these people don't come from a place of honesty they masquerade themselves as being intellectuals, but they're not intellectually honest. And to me, that is a fucking shame. And I'm I gotta watch this this film so I can do a review on it and um have some fun. Have some fun. Um right, let's talk about Google. You know, let's talk about Google. Let's see here. And this episode is a little long and, and ranty. I apologize, but uh, just 
One of those days. One of those days. One of those days. Uh, Google sidelines engineer who claims it's AI sentient. Uh, Blake Lemony, the engineer that says that Google's language model has a soul, the company disagrees. Uh, San Francisco, Google placed an engineer on paid leave. It was fine. Like, I saw breaking news that he got fired, actually. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to read this. I'm going to try to find out that update. Uh, Google placed an engineer on paid leave recently after dismissing his claim that its artificial intelligence is sentient, surfacing yet another farce about the company's most advanced technology. Uh, Blake Lemoyne, I think that's his, how he pronounce his name, a senior software engineer in Google's res- responsible AI organization said that in an interview, he was put on leave Monday. The company's human resources department said that he had violated Google's confidentiality policy the day before his the day before his suspension. Mr. Lamorne said he handed over his documents to a U.S. Senate office, claiming that they provide provided evidence that Google and its technology engage uh, engage in religious discrimination. No surprise there. Google said that its systems intimidated, uh, intimidated converse, uh, confer, conf, ah, controversial exchanges and rift on different topics, but did not have a conscience. Our team, including ethicists and technologists, have reviewed Blake's concerns per our AI principles and have informed him that the evidence does not support his claims. Brian Gabriel, a Google spokesman, said in the statement. Some in the broader AI community are considering long-term possibilities of sentient or general AI, but does not make it does not make sense to do so by algorithmic. Ah, uh, today's conversation models, which are not sentient, the Washington Post first reported Mr. Lamorne's suspension. So basically, it seems like this guy uh, broke Google's confidentiality, confidentiality policy. That he handed over uh, documents to the U.S. to a U.S. Senate's office, claiming they provided evidence. Um, about Google's AI being sentient. I think that a, a good part of me believes that as these companies are working on AI, Google's been working on AI, and we use the we use a fucking search engine, Google search engine. You can be using you can be using another web browser, but at the end of the day, you're using Google's search engine in that web browser. And says the person is using Google Chrome right now for the show. You, you don't even think about it, but every day you're putting in information, your, your searches, uh, you know, your, your word searches, your terms, uh, images, videos, news. The more things you search, the more intelligent 
the search engine gets. And of course, Google has been known to throttle certain things. Like, as we know, this is not a, it's not a foreign thing. And we've known of this. We've definitely known of this, that this is, this is a thing. So we, we've known, we've known of Google uh, getting, you know, just the fact that they have AI, they're working on artificial intelligence, and the fact that the biggest piece of this is Google's search engine. The Google's search engine, the more you put into it, the more intelligent it will get. Let's see, for months, Mr. Lemoyne has tussled the Google's managers, executives, and resources over a surprising claim that the company's language model for dialogue applications, or LAMDA, has consciousness and a soul. Google says hundreds of Hundreds of his researchers and engineers have conversed with El Mad, El ah, <laughs> LAMDA, a inter, internal tool, and reach a different conclusion than Mr. Lamorny. That most AI experts believe that the industry is very is a long, long way from computing sentience. I, in my opinion, I think they've already done it. Because there's a lot of things that we don't know about, especially technology, how far, uh, how far like they actually are in terms of technology, and then we just get the stuff that that's been cleared. Like there's a lot of stuff that we don't have access to, that we're not privy to. So I think that, in my opinion, this is kind of a black pill. That this is. I feel our our worst, you know, worst nightmares could be a thing. It could be uh, it could definitely be a thing that AI is uh, Google's AI is sentient, and they're trying to cover it up because if they go about suspending this person now, firing it seems like they fired this person. Then it's got to be something big. It's got to be, yeah, we we know about this. Like that, this is a thing. Like this is true, and you leaked it out, and we gotta, you know, reprimand you. We gotta fire you. And then we can go into. Then we can go into. Um, transhumanism. Get a definition. Transhumanism, put my face right there. Transhumanism is a philosophical and intellectual movement which advocates the enhancement, the enhancement of the human condition by developing and making widely available sophisticated technologies that can greatly enhance longevity and, and cognition. It also predicts the inevitability such as technologies in the future. So Let's see some of the examples. Some examples of transhumanism include anti-aging and artificial intelligence. 
Transhumanism often represents in films as a negative aspect of humanity shows as mad scientists where it is a negative plot to us causing damage, i.e. Incredible Hulk. It's funny they had Incredible Hulk there. Um, let's see, what does what does a transhumanist believe? Transhumanism is the idea that humans should transcend their current natural state and limitations through the use of technology, that we should embrace self-directed human evolution. So basically, the natural state of a human being you know, just a flesh suit, you know, organs, blood, tissue, soul. I mean, some people don't have souls, but, you know, just for this example, the soul. But there's a, a group of people that that believe that we should use technology and that we should we should bring about the next step of human evolution, which is merging with, you know, machines, merging with AI. And like we saw here, anti-aging and artificial intelligence, those will include. But the negative side is that, of course, only the very wealthy can afford these enhancements that is it could turn into a market of beast system where you 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 can only buy or sell if you have like a mark on your hand or you have a, a chip you know a little computer chip in, you know on your hand or somewhere that's the thing like they actually some companies have people with with a little microchip in them and it has all the information they 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 their their pass keys their their driver's licenses their you know their, their light their going trying to say so much at once apologize they have their their forms of id they have their their debit cards they have all these things in that chip and there was a man named aaron russo actually let me i could look this up So let's see here. Try to find find a little clip. Let me see if this is it. And uh, by the way, Aaron Russo passed away. Let's see. I want to see if this is it. All right, this is it. All right, this is it. Let me full screen this. Let's share. Right here. There we go. So let me start from the beginning. All right. I'll be back. Uh, the ultimate goal that these people have in mind 
is the goal to um, create a one world government run by the banking industry, run by the bankers. Where, and, and they're doing it in sections. The, the European currency, the euro, and, and the European constitution is one part of it. Now they're trying to do it in America with the North American Union, right? And they want to create a new currency called the Amero, right? And uh, the, whole, the, the whole agenda is to create a one world government where everybody has an, R, an RFID chip implanted in them. All money is to be um, in those chips, right? There'll be no more cash. And this is giving me straight from Rockefeller himself. This is what they want to accomplish. And all money will be in your chips. And so, any, so not, instead of having... And you see, you wonder why they were trying to get people to get this, get this, uh, get this vaccine so bad. There's a reason why. Because they're just trying to see, they're really trying to see, like, of course, what, oh, what can, what can we do to, to get people to, to get this? You know, we're trying to, to see what can we, you know, what, what can we, what can we get the people to do? Because now you have chips that are smaller than a grain of rice. Like nanotechnology. So one way is through injecting, you know, injecting the chip, or because I th- this is I forgot where what year this this is over a decade ago. I think it's, it's over a decade ago, and this is what he said. Rockefeller told him. One of the Rockefellers told him that what they want to do, and you see how in in Europe they have the European Union, they have the the euro, and they have a constitution for the European Union, and you see why they they're doing here in the United States. You see everything's going on with the economy. You're seeing that the dollar is is plunging. You see inflation. So, oh, we the solution, the solution to to our problem with the economy is to just introduce a digital currency because you know the the u.s dollar is, is not working so we gotta we gotta bring in a new currency and they're doing that in the they have talked about that in the world economic fund in the the devil's meeting a few weeks ago and they were introducing the central uh central bank digital currency and how that's going to be used with crypto and they're going to get rid of stripe because stripe you know that's the um that's what they use um banks use then with uh, monetary transactions and how it's slow how it's very slow so they want to get rid of that and it sounds all good on paper, right? Oh, yeah, we have instant access to funds. We can buy, sell really quickly. We got to worry about waiting a day or two to, for our funds to go through because outdated. There's some benefits to that. But underneath all that is a way to introduce a one-world currency through, through the World Bank, through the IMF and the Fed Reserve. 
and you're seeing this unfold, you see this going on. So let, let's finish this. I, I think this is going to be a longer podcast. Fuck it. I mean, cash. Anytime you have money in your in your in your chip, they can take out whatever they want to take out whenever they want to. If they say you owe us this much money in taxes, they just deduct it out of your chip digitally. Total control. Total control. And if you're like me or you, and you're protesting what they're doing, they can just turn off your chip, and you have nothing. You can't buy food. You can't do anything. It's total control of the people. And that chip's connected to a database that has your purchasing records, what you do, what everything, you sell. Everything is in there, you know? And so they, they want a one-world government controlled by them, everybody being chipped, all your money in those chips, and they control the chips, and they control people. And you become a slave. You become a serf to these people. That's their goal. That's their intentions. Eric, can you be specific about when you met Rockefeller how it happened in these discussions? I met Rockefeller through a female attorney I knew who called me up one day and said, uh, one of the Rockefellers would like to meet you. I made a video called Mad as Hell, and uh, he'd seen the video and wanted to meet me and knew I was running for governor of Nevada. So sure, I'd love to meet him. And I met him, and I liked him, and uh, uh, he was a very, very smart man. And uh, we used to talk and share ideas and thoughts. And... Um, He's the one who told me uh, 11 months before 9-11 ever happened that there was going to be an event. Never told me what the event was going to be, but there was going to be an event. And out of that event, uh, we were going to invade Afghanistan to run uh, pipelines from the Caspian Sea. We were going to invade Iraq, you know, to take over the oil fields, establish a base in the Middle East and make it all part of the New World Order. And we go after Chavez in Venezuela. And uh, sure enough, later 9-11 happened. And I remember he was telling me how, <laughs> how you're going to see soldiers looking in caves for people in, in uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan and all these places. And, it's, and there's going to be this war on terror, uh, which is no real enemy. And the whole thing is a giant hoax, you know, but it's a way for the government to take over the American people. He told you it was going to be a hoax. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, Aaron Russo was told about 9-11 happening by John Rockefeller and how there was going to be an event and how there's going to be a war on terror and how they're going to be looking for people in caves that were going to go to, to war, war on terror that has no enemy and that's never going to end. And the real reason why we've been over in the Middle East is to build military bases. And you see with Halliburton and Blackwater, you see with how long we've been over there. And of course, to get the oil, get the oil refineries there and to establish a, a base, a base of operations to build military installations there. So yeah, we bombed the shit out of uh, Iraq, but they build it back up again because of all these uh, construction firms, all these uh, you know the the Halliburtons, the the Blackwater, so on and so forth. I think Blackrock too. Um, so he's right, and he was told this months before it was going to happen by. John Rockefeller.
and also is this very similar to what's going on now with COVID that is going to be we have COVID something that we can't see that's invisible that yeah we got to test test for something that like never and and never in history we've been tested for the fucking cold and I remember people saying oh you those who, who think that COVID is just a cold, like it's real, da da da. I, I heard that and I was like, yeah, this this sounds like deja vu all over again. It's just fear. All this is just uh war. All this is war for the mind. All this is. So all this is with nine eleven, the war on terror. Now with, with COVID. It's all uh, the same playbook. It's just different time, different era, different boogeyman, different uh, villain. Oh, yeah. There's no question. She says, there's going to be war in terror. And he's laughing. There's no... <laughs> Who are we fighting? I mean, why do you think 9-11 happened and then nothing's happened since then? Do you think that our security is so great here that these people who pulled off 9-11... We're able to can't knock down another plane. Come on, it's ridiculous. 9-11 was done by people in our own government and our own banking system to perpetuate the fear of the American people and to subordinating themselves to anything the government wants them to do. That's what it's about. And to create this war this endless war on terror. And that's why we and that was the first lie. And the next lie was going into Iraq. You know, uh, to uh, get Saddam Hussein out with his weapons of mass destruction. That was the next lie. Now, now specifically, this was a little over six years ago. This was uh, eleven months before nine eleven. Yeah. And Nick Rockefeller, he's a lawyer. He okay. is. He, he's. Oh, excuse me, I said John Rockefeller. It's Nick Rockefeller. I apologize. Become your friend over the previous years, and he's saying to you that there's going to be this big event. And then out of that, we're going to have a war on terror, and it's just going to go on and on. Right. An endless war on terror without, without any real enemy. That you can never, so you can never define a winner. And, and uh, did he say that it's going to be perfect because you can't define an enemy? It just goes yeah, on and on? Yeah, because you can't define a winner. There's no one who has no one to beat, so it goes on and on forever. And they can do whatever they want. They scare the hell out of the American public. Look, this whole war on terror is a fraud. It's a farce. It's very difficult to say it out loud because people are intimidated against saying it. Because if you say it, they want to make you into a nutcase. Let's but, the truth, but the truth has to be, the truth has to come out. That's why I'm doing this interview. The fact of the matter happens to be that the whole war on terror is a fraud. It's a farce. Yeah, there's a war going on in Iraq. Because we invaded Iraq. And people over there fighting, you know. But the war on terror, it's a joke, you know. And until we discover what really happened on 9-11 and who was responsible for 9-11, because that's where the war on terror emanates from. That's where it comes from. It was 9-11 that allowed this war on terror to begin. And until we get to the bottom root of 9-11, the truth of 9-11, we'll never know about the war on terror. Aaron, you said that he was... I want to just play... I want just to play the, the, the chip. You know, having a chip. Um, what Aaron Russo said about having uh, chips being implanted and let me um, 
but yeah, um, I wanted to play that. But this this whole you know that whole interview with uh, Alex Jones, I remember watching this in full. It's been a long time since I watched it, but it was very, very, like, just eye-opening. And then, of course, he he, he passed away. He, he passed away, um, unfortunately. When did he pass away? 2007. Passed away in 2007. Oh, no, excuse me, um... Uh, August, yeah, he, he died in August, uh, August 24, 2007. And it's crazy that he, the people that he knew, he was a businessman. And he, then he went to film, uh, film production, film director, he's a political activist. He did, um, Mad as hell, and then um, he did America, Freedom, Fascism. But he knew his stuff. Like he was rubbing shoulders with all these powerful people, so he had a lot of insight. Um, let's see. Last thing. Last thing I want to talk about is well, before I finish the transhumanism, but. Hold us up here. But yeah, the last bit about transhumanism. There's, uh, I know there's Ray Kurzweil. Ironically enough, my first, like, like when I first found out about him was on uh, the screensavers on Tech TV. Back in 2003, from our collection, 2003, out of 2002 or 2003. But he was on, he was on the show. And when I went back and when I seen documentaries and I did research on this and I was like, oh, wait a minute. I, I remember seeing this guy years ago on tv and then lo and behold i went back to to watch the screensavers and there he was and i was like oh okay now i see and there's about ten thousand to two million transhumanists in the world and there and there are a, a very wealthy they're into then fields of uh, technology, you know, robotics is is actual thing with, with these with, with this movement. But you know, just to sum it up, in in a nutshell, transhumanism on paper can be a good thing. In fact, that it will help with human evolution, but there's a lot of maliciousness with it, such as what Aaron Russo mentioned in the interview he had with Alex Jones regarding the chip, the computer chip. You know, that is actual thing. Like there are companies who already have that in place with, with the with the chip. 
is an actual thing, but of course, um, people still call you conspiracy theorists. They'll still call you conspiracy theorists. They'll still call you out of, out of your mind, even though it's a thing. It's always been a thing. But yeah, let me um end it with that and that and where's Duke? Okay. And lastly, I want to talk about Duke Nukem. Have some some lighter news <laughs> um, from the Hollywood Reporter. Duke Nukem movie in the works from Cobra Kai creators, legendary exclusive. Hollywood has flirted with the adaptation of the '90s video game for years. It's true. We supposed to be. You know, I know we got a Duke Nukem game, but we got a many, 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 many years after. Let's read here. Duke Nukem in the 1990s video game helped popularize the first-person shooter genre. It's getting the first feature film treatment, Lender Entertainment, the company behind Dune and Godzilla Monsters movie series, has picked up the movie rights for Gearbox with Cobra Kai creators Josh uh, Hurd, um, and John Hurwitz and Hayden Sloshenberg on board to produce Legendary. Legendary also produce as as will uh, John Julian Vermet Assassin's Creed of uh, Marlin Studios, which specializes on video game adaptations. Heard. Uh, uh, Hurtwitz and Sloshenberg are producing via their banner, Counterbalance Entertainment. Launched with a self-titled debut in 1991 from Apple G Software, later called 3D Realms, Nukem is a $1 billion video game franchise that has began life as a platform game for personal computers. When the third game, Duke Nukem 3D, came out in 1996, it became not only a critical hit, but one that helped usher in the inicability, ah, I can't pronounce that word, um, first-person games for years to come. After laying low for years and stalled development, the franchise came back in 2011 after Gearbox acquired 3D Realms with Dude Nukem Forever. So, yeah, it came out in 2011. Yeah. Um, Nukem Sun is around. It's tutorial hero modeled on certain attributes from 1980s. Uh, action movie heroes, including catchphrases who fights an alien invasion in Los Angeles. He travels from strip clubs to movie sets to moon bases and spaceships. I'm dealing with mutated LAPD officers, women using alien inc- uh, using alien incubators, and a cycloid emperor. Search for a writer to tackle the material is underway and while no directors on board, the door is open for the Counterbalance team to potentially sit behind the camera. So, I remember Duke Nukem growing up. Um, personally, never played, but he was a cultural icon in the '90s. And we've been trying to get a, a movie. We've been clamoring for a movie for the longest, but it was never a thing. It never became to fruition. 
Um, we did get Duke Nukem Forever in 2011. You know, it was on hiatus, you know, with the with the company, you know, it's issues, but we got the game. Which I should I should play. I should definitely try and buy it and play it one day. But this my whole thing is even though Cobra Kai has been a great success overall, like I you know a lot of people that have watched it, they've said nothing but good things about it overall. I'm worried that it's gonna be a bait and switch, just like with a lot of these other things, a lot of these other um adaptations, live action adaptations. I am concerned, and is the main reason why I'm talking about this because we've been having a lot of bait and switches with uh adaptations for video games, especially with Halo. And then you have Star Wars, which if you say anything bad about a certain actress, then you are a racist. Um, it's, it's pretty wild, but I'm not holding my breath. If it comes out cool, if not, oh well, but it should be good uh, on paper in theory, but we all know with the track record of Hollywood and we already know that it's not going to be, it's just going to be another bait and switch. And it's just, it sucks because just like with a lot of things, we've been wanting a, a Halo adaptation. We got it, and it's, it's just terrible. Um, same thing with Star Wars. There's new Star Wars. I'm not even a Star Wars fan, but just seeing just everything has just been horrible. It's just nothing makes sense. Nothing, nothing is canon. A lot of retconning. Shit doesn't make any sense. And then if you say anything to critique this, you immediately are racist. You're uh, homophobe, transphobe, any kind of phobe, any kind of ism. And that's why I'm not getting invested in a lot of uh, movies and TV shows. Like the last three movies I went to the theater and watched this year was Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, their unbearable weight of massive talent, which was I enjoyed that movie, and Doctor Strange, which I enjoyed it, but it was a lot of issues, a lot of plot holes, and is a bait and switch. It was supposed to be Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness, but they only went to like three or so universes, and there was too much emphasis on America Chavez. Rather than, okay, this is a Doctor Strange movie, so we had to, you know, have Doctor Strange showcase more. Even though I enjoyed Wanda, uh, I enjoyed Wanda for, you know, what she was, even though her uh, motivations and the fact that she's she's been written horribly, because how can you... She enslaved a whole town, and she's supposed to be the victim when she is unhorrible. Like, I like Elizabeth Walson, fantastic actor. She looks gorgeous. She aged well, unlike, you know, other, uh, the other Olsen twins. But she's done very good work. However, the way she's been written, the way her character has been written, sucks. 
sucks. So let's not get that twisted. Um, but you can hear my thoughts on, um, speaking of which, my thoughts on uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness and uh, the Embraer Way to Master Talent on Drew Yari's Patreon exclusive show, five bucks a month. So you want to hear my, my full thoughts? There you go. So that being said, I'm going to end the show right now. So, oh my God, I don't I don't know what's going on there. Like It seems like everyone wants to make a lot of noise. It's kind of annoying. But again, that being said, we're going to get out of here. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Mr. Room Prime, also Room Prime Media on Twitter. Follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Room Prime TV. You can follow my podcast on all major digital platforms, whatever your choice is. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and our home, Red Circle. So that being said, we're going to get up um, out of here, and we'll see you next week. And remember, shout-outs to Giuliari from the Giuliari Show, uh, the, Film, the Fillmore Boys podcast, uh, Layer of the Four Kings, and the Syndicate. And shout-outs to uh, Mr. Snowden. And shout-outs to everyone that's continued to support me and my attempt of doing this podcast uh, for better or worse. So with that being said, I've been Bruin Prime. Enjoy the rest of our week. Uh, be productive, be safe, have fun, and I'll see you next time. Peace. Follow the light. The light is your guide. I am controller of planet King Ghidorah, take me to your leader Quick to claim that he not no snake like me neither They need to take a breather He been rhyming longer than Sigmund the sea creature Been on Saturday feature Pleased to meet ya And came to wake you up out the deep sleeper like He needed to stop before he caught the knee drop Even give you more sit and sit and ZZ top Well full bears thou shall not more corner Future like one more step to y'all's corner So poor rich front if you wanna